Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I am in New York City. My man Charles Davis is in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, where we recently added a brand new affiliate. Appreciate all of you listening in the city of Philadelphia to this show and to Fox Sports Radio. And the Eagles open week one with the Washington Redskins in an NFC East battle. What do you expect to see in that one, Charles? Hey, good morning to you, Clay. I, I look, I expect, you know, the, the storylines are pretty evident. You know, for Washington, they drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round, but they didn't draft him to start him, you know, which nowadays is somewhat unusual for first-round quarterbacks. But you know it won't be all season long before he plays. But it won't be in this one, so that means we're going to see Case Keenum. For Philadelphia, it all comes back to Carson Wentz. You know, for a guy that's had pretty darn good success in his career, injuries have knocked him out at key points. And Nick Foles has played so well at those times that it puts a ton of pressure on the fact that Carson Wentz is the franchise quarterback for the Eagles. Can he stay healthy for 16? Can he get them to the Super Bowl as Nick Foles took them to the Super Bowl, even though Carson Wentz did a lot of the heavy lifting that season? That's what it comes down to for them. We want to see him. We want to see if Fletcher Cox is healthy because he didn't play in the preseason. But this is a very talented Eagles lineup, a very talented roster. Will they have the type of season that they've had, you know, that they had two years ago where they could push for the Super Bowl? Washington has to prove that they're going to be contenders all the way through. 
Uh, we're talking to Charles Davis at CFD22. You can follow him there. How much attention do you think they're paying as they get ready for the Redskins and the Eagles to one of the big stories in the NFC East, maybe the biggest story in the NFC East right now, Ezekiel Elliott still sitting out. What do you think happens there? I don't think either team is paying attention to it more any more than, than, than we are in terms of well, we are because that's that's our job, right? That's yeah. what we do. We want to find out all this. They know he's not there. I think that they all plan for him to be there by the time that they play. Washington plays in week two. So I think in Washington's mind, he will be there. Washington has a bigger issue because Trent Williams, their, their pro bowl, all pro left tackle, never reported. Yes. And people are wondering, what, you know, I'll put it to you this way, Clay. I think most of us expect Zeke to play. And, and by week two, if not by week one, all right, I'm still thinking week one he shows up. For Washington, I think that optimism about Trent Williams is pretty much out the window. What did Jay Gruden say yesterday? He's numb to the Trent Williams talk. Numb usually means I don't expect him to be here at all. So, so that's a big deal for them because that's a team that wants to run the ball, going to want to protect the young quarterback when he plays. And if you look at the numbers last year, and I know numbers can sometimes lie, but the numbers are all in favor of when Trent Williams plays versus when Trent Williams does not play. In Philadelphia, by the way, for people who might be listening on the podcast, just getting used to the fact that we're there, 1025 FM, 1480 AM uh, is that station. It's called The Gambler in Philadelphia. You were just talking about uh, Ezekiel Elliott, one guy that is getting a lot of attention. You already talked about Carson Wentz. Another aspect of the uh, of the Eagle team that I think is kind of massive is they don't really have a great backup quarterback situation anymore. Um, and that's because, look, they had a, uh, a proven guy in Nick Foles. They did what I think was right by him, let him go. He's now with Jacksonville. How much nervousness do you get the sense there is surrounding whether or not Carson Wentz can stay healthy? Or do you think the Eagles believe that that was just outlier, not necessarily representative, bad luck for Carson Wentz, as opposed to something more substantial about his inability to stay healthy? Well, I think human nature makes you worry. Clay, especially when you've just put 128 million into a guy, over 100 million of it guaranteed. So you're definitely a little bit more nervous about that. You do when when people ask you about it as an organization, you do the right thing and you say, okay, hold on a second now. All right, the first year as a rookie, he took every snap, went the full 16. The second year, he was going to be the league's MVP when he got hurt. What was it, week 13, week 14, against the Rams? And then the third year, he came back after week three after the knee injury and, and played, and then the back injury took him out. So, yeah, quarterbacks get dinged, quarterbacks get hurt. I mean, if, you, if you're an old-timer, you, you go, hey, you remember when Phil Simms had his run with the Giants and he kept getting hurt and then finally he got healthy and had a big career? You do all the positive things. But, yeah, you're nervous about it because Foles, who demonstrated and why they put the money in the backup quarterback, and remember that first year, Clay, when, 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 when Wentz went down, Foles' end of the regular season had no one in Philadelphia ready to, ready to line the Super Bowl parade rope. I did radio shows then. I bet you you did that during that time. And you remember Foles' end of the regular season had people in Philadelphia thinking, boy, we wasted a great regular season. They didn't think it was going to be a Super Bowl year. And then he got hot in the playoffs and became the Super Bowl MVP. And then he did it again the next year and, and darn near took him back. So it got better for them, but they weren't super excited. Now this year they were going to play Nate Sudfeld. 
He gets hurt in the first preseason game, breaks his wrist. They bring in Josh McCown. He's now going to be the backup set fell to be the third. So they feel better because McCown's around and he's a veteran guy. But the Foles magic, yeah, you're not sitting there thinking, well, Carson goes down, Nick will be okay. Now it's back to unproven. Speaking of unproven and also coming off of an injury with the Washington Redskins, you mentioned they're uh, potentially going to be gone without their uh, left tackle. You've got kind of an unsettled quarterback situation in general with Case Keenum there. But what are you hearing about Colt McCoy? Is there any possibility that he comes back and gets into this mix, or do they still think that his uh, broken leg injury is not allowing him to come back? You know, he had multiple surgeries on that leg, Clay, and, you know, he ended up having a couple of extras after the broken leg, and so his recovery has been slow. It's not your, you know, it's not like for all of us when we hear broken leg, right? We all have kids and people we know hear broken leg, they cast it up. Next thing you know, you're bouncing back around and and off you go. And I'm not saying it's quite as easy as that, but broken leg does not connote a long, super slow recovery as a general rule. His was a bad one. necessitated a few extra surgeries. Right now, as I understand it, Dwayne Haskins is the backup not Colt McCoy. So he is not ready to go at full speed, full level as, as they would want. It's Case Keenum, then Dwayne Haskins. So yeah, he's not in the mix at this time, I don't believe. Darius Geis uh, has been and was outstanding at LSU. He tears his ACL in year one. As a result, Adrian Peterson gets to come back in, even over 30 years old, and have some final moments of glory, potentially. Maybe he's still got a little bit left in the tank. We'll see. How much optimism is there about the, from the Redskins about Geis? Because I saw some quotes from Jay Gruden yesterday. Seemed to suggest uh, he's got a great deal. Yeah, and I, I followed up on that. And and by the, you know as this season goes, they do believe that Darius Geis is going to be the primary ball carrier, not Adrian Peterson. Peterson is there as insurance plus, I guess you would count it. You have to respect what he did last year, over 1,000 yards, and they didn't sign him until – you know, late, late in the preseason process. But Geis is really their future. If he's healthy and he's ready to go, he's their guy. He will get the bulk of the carries, I would believe, and I don't think that Jay Gruden's selling us anything that's, that's, you know, trying to throw people off the track. This isn't one of those about who's going to play start, who's going to play quarterback. You know, you don't really hide your runner. If he's your runner, he's going to be your guy. And if Geis is healthy, he is definitely their future. Look, Clay, you, you and I both know he was a first-round talent who went in the second round because of off-field issues, not because of not because of what he does carrying the football. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, let's go into the disaster that happened in Knoxville. Uh, you are a former University of Tennessee football Ooh. player. First question for you, did you watch? No, fortunately for me, and it wasn't because I didn't want to. I had, ish, I had, I had work things that I had to take care of and, and stuff that I was doing. So I knew the game was going on. I knew what time we kicked. I knew all those things. And, you know, I was like anyone else. I figured, hey, you know, we'll get a win on opening week and get ready for BYU week two. And I knew BYU would have a tough time with Utah. So, all right, well, let's, let's do this thing. Have a little optimism and let's get going. And then started getting texts, started getting calls. You know, go, you know how we spread things nowadays. I was like, what? Huh? What? Okay, well, all right. So we'll pull out an ugly one in the end. And that's not cool because – Last time I checked, Georgia State was 2-10 and 10 last year. And no one was expecting them to have this monster back, bounce back year. So, yeah, I didn't see it. But then when I heard the results, it took me a while to kind of steel myself that that was real. And turned out that it is. And a colleague of mine at NFL Network, Tiffany Blackman, um, actually is a Georgia State, fan, a Georgia State grad. And I didn't even know she'd gone to Georgia State. 
but I know it now. And, 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 by, and, and by the way, everyone that you know, Clay, you know, all these people that you had no idea that went to Georgia State, you're going to know it now because, because now they have a reason to jump up and, and celebrate. And so congratulations to them, but I, I don't know about this one. And then let me just tell you this one quickly. I talked to an old coach of mine, and I said, you know, Coach, I'm trying not to be that guy. And, and what I mean by that guy, Clay, you know us old, old balls, right? Yeah. We never lost a big game, right? We never lost to a bad team. You know, as you get older, you know, all of a sudden you went undefeated every year. Yeah. Well, well, we didn't. And I said, Coach, I'm trying not to be that guy because we had some bad losses. We lost to, you know, this, we lost to that. And the coach stopped me and he goes, hey, um, he, go, he, he goes, young man, you never lost to Georgia State. And that pretty much summed it up right there. So what do you do? Uh, like if you're Jeremy Pruitt right now and you're in year two and you just had what might be the worst loss in the history of University yeah. of Tennessee football, and there's a yeah. lot of games that have been played in hundreds of years. By the way, you're not over-exaggerating that either. That's, that's, that's the thing. I know it just happened, and for anyone who can hear our voices, sometimes you know we are all prone to hyperbole and exaggeration, yes. and this is the worst thing because it happened right now. But what Clay just said is really not an exaggeration. If you go back through the history of the university and you ima- and you imagine all the losses, and then you look at who they just lost to, how long this school's been playing football, where they were last year, what they were coming into, I Clay, I'm telling you, I'm just wanting you to know I'm co-signing here. It's not an over-exaggeration. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing you have to factor in is it's not as if it was an opener of the season, right? It's not yeah. like everybody should have things mailed in, you know, like, oh, you're really disappointed because you lost a game and your season's kind of gone down the drain and yeah. it's November and you're not playing well against an opponent. We're talking about... you're excited. Uh, this is when yeah. you're ready to go, finally. Exactly. You're playing a game. You're not looking at each other because in college football, you're not scrimmaging other teams. You know, it's not like joint practices in the NFL where at least they get that release. This is just you guys. This is all you've seen are your teammates since spring football, since last year's team, last year's season. So you're supposed to be excited, have a bounce, the whole deal. And as I said, I didn't watch the game, so I talked with people I truly trust, old coaches, old teammates, guys that I'm trying to stay level with, Clay, not just the emotional, I can't believe they're terrible. Yeah. No, not bad. I'm talking about really watching the game. And the common theme I heard was, I couldn't believe for an opener how flat and uninspired they were. Now, I didn't watch it. Would that be an, would that be an accurate statement from people? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that that's a very accurate statement. And I think the question going forward now is, how in the world do you respond to that? Right? Like, that's- if you are the coach, because I think as bad and calamitous as the loss was to Georgia State, yeah. BYU's coming to town. They're ornery. They're unhappy. They just lost to Utah for the ninth straight year. And it would go a long way towards salvaging the opening of their season if they went on the road and they beat an SEC opponent. So it's not like people feel sorry for you. And so I think this is as big of a game as Jeremy Pruitt can possibly imagine. Because if you start off 0-2 and you know you're going to Florida to start the SEC, 1-3 becomes very, very likely. And then you get into the SEC, meet of the schedule, and it's rough. If you could beat BYU, then maybe you take a breath and you say, okay, there have been other teams that have had really bad openings, that have gotten yep. better, continued to progress. But how do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to understand the pulse of your team somehow. 
and then that's up to Jeremy Pruitt to know what the pulse is, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I do. I haven't been around this team. I haven't gone through spring. I haven't gone through the fall. So, I, you know, for me to say this is the exact formula would be folly, but what I'm saying by understanding what that team is and how to press the right buttons, because people wonder what buttons were there were for if they weren't ready to play on opening day. So what's the next thing? Because some teams, Clay, you would come in and you'd absolutely grind them this week, and that would be the right response. Other teams, you better not grind them, otherwise the whole season's totally down the tubes, even though it feels like it right now. As you said, can they come back, bounce back, and do that? What is the right formula for that for Jeremy, for his coaching staff, for everyone else? Because here's the bottom line now. They really are in the well-overused, us-against-the-world mode. Because the world and their supporters right now, it is going to be hard, hard, hard to get people back. You and I both know as Tennessee guys, we've been in, what, a 15-year kind of wandering? (laughs) You know, kind of of existence. And our people, and I will say it, and I've said it to people all the time, and I firmly believe it, our people have been as patient and supportive of a big-time program that's been wandering as you would find in college football. But I just wondered about Saturday that, wow, if there's one thing that could actually snap you and finish you off, Saturday could be it, because that's a really tough one to bounce back from. And I'm a little, you know that where you put your hand over your eyes, but you keep your fingers open just enough to see? Yes. That's what I am about Saturday's attendance. How many people are going to come back? How many people are going to be there for, the, for, for this ball game? Because most of the time, our people come back, they, they hope. I'm not saying that they won't now, but I'm a little bit afraid, because that was... That's not one that you go home and you find a way to explain away. There is no explanation for that. So BYU, as you said, becomes a monster deal for Jeremy Pruitt and the Vols. becomes a monster deal for our team. And I've got, I've got my fingers crossed. I'm rooting hard for them. But, boy, we've tried the patience of our big Orange Country people, haven't we? Boy, have we tried it. And, and I just hope we haven't sent them over the edge. We sure have. Positive, if you're looking for one, at least they're going to have alcohol in Neyland Stadium if things don't go well. <laughs> and and, how, and how, how interesting is it that the first time we're going to sell alcohol, BYU's coming to town. Of all the teams that could be coming <laughs> in, it's extraordinary. Uh, enjoy that Washington Redskins and Philadelphia Eagles game. We will uh, be watching, and many of us will, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Take care, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Late night on, uh, what was it, Sunday? All the games run together. We had games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and now Monday for college football. Jalen Hurts came out, put up six touchdowns, was absolutely incredible. And I thought the post-game interview was particularly revealing because you know who Jalen Hurts sounded exactly like? Nick Saban. Jalen Hurts has got a huge, massive desire to show Nick Saban that he made the wrong choice in handing the starting job to Tua. And I think right now, if you told me that we could get Jalen Hurts against Tua, Oklahoma against Alabama, that would be an absolutely fantastic college football playoff game. In fact, as you break down the direction in which college football is going so far this year, I know it upsets some people to have guys transferring like this, 
But man, it makes college football so much more entertaining, I think, to have this many well-known quarterbacks playing new places. Think about Jalen Hurts right now at Oklahoma is infinitely better for college football than Jalen Hurts sitting at Alabama as the backup to Tua. And Justin Fields at Ohio State is infinitely better than Justin Fields sitting as the backup to Jake Fromm. And certainly Jacob Eason at Washington is better than him sitting as the backup to one of those two guys as well. All of these moving parts, even Missouri getting Kelly Bryant from Clemson, which allowed Trevor Lawrence to start, are actually making college football a lot better because there's more reasons to root and you know more of the players. And I guarantee you, there are a ton of Alabama people watching Oklahoma now who never would have watched Oklahoma otherwise. There are a ton of Clemson people watching Missouri who never would have watched Missouri otherwise. A lot of Georgia people paying more attention to Ohio State. Because think about this. It's not outside the bounds of possibility. Maybe a little bit because of Clemson. But let's assume that Clemson somehow lost two games. Or Trevor Lawrence got hurt and Clemson kind of fell off the reservation a little bit. It's not outside the bounds of possibility that we could get Georgia going up against their former quarterback in Justin Fields and Alabama going up against their former quarterback in Jalen Hurts in the college football playoff. Can you imagine if that was the revenge tour that we got? Jalen Hurts in that postgame sounds just like Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban's got to respect the degree to which Jalen Hurts wants to prove him wrong. Because you know who would respond that exact same way if he were in the same position that Jalen Hurts is in? Nick Saban. He would use that disrespect to fuel him all season long. And right now, Lincoln Riley has got things rolling in a way that I don't ever remember seeing before. All the way back to Steve Spurrier in the fun and gun offense in the 1990s with the Florida Gators. That's how good Lincoln Riley is. Now, there's other other quarterback whisperers out there, right? Doesn't seem to matter who Mike Leach plugs in. They're going to be really successful at Washington State. Doesn't really seem to matter uh, over the years who other quarterbacks like that, quarterback whispers like that plug in. But I'm not sure that we've seen anybody since going all the way back to Steve Spurrier where they were at a program that could contend for national championships And they just seemed like they were playing at a different level. Chip Kelly had it rolling a little bit at Oregon for a while, but it wasn't sustained enough. What Lincoln Riley is doing right now, I said this yesterday on my show, watching Oklahoma play, I feel like he could plug me in and I could go for 300 yards. That's how dominant he is right now as a coach. It's very Steve Spurrier-like if you're a college football fan who remembers the 1990s. Spurrier was so cocky. He was going with different players per play. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. This is, as always, a confident show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. And we are joined now, I believe, by Mark Schlereth, who has got the Detroit Lions going on the road against the Arizona Cardinals in week one for Fox. Uh, Mark, what do you expect to see out of Kyler Murray? How well will he play, in your opinion, in this game? 
Well, I, I mean, I think there's always a couple of things that you have to watch out for. You've got a, a, a brand new system that he's very versed in, but not all the other guys are very versed in that. Um, they haven't run the ball exceptionally well in the preseason. Everything is out of shotgun. I think there's, you know, the complementary nature of football is really interesting to me, Clay, because I think the kid is the kid is unbelievable. I've talked to a couple of guys that play for the Cardinals who talk about his football acumen, his ability from the neck up, and you watch him in the preseason. He scrambled around a bit, but he got down. He really didn't ever try to stretch it. He made sure he protected himself. He's got kind of this Russell Wilson old soul about him because Russell is very good at protecting himself. And that's and that's because, you know, ultimately he's not an athlete that they try to convert into a quarterback. He's a quarterback that happens to be a great athlete. And there's a huge difference because when you're an athlete and you've always been an athlete and you tried and you became a quarterback later in life, you always your your default mechanism is always your athleticism, and if you play in the NFL, your default mechanism has to be from the neck up. If it isn't, you're going to get murdered, um, and, and you'll never play again. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of the business. So I think Kyler Murray has that kind of neck up default mechanism. There's no question that he's got skill set. There's no question he's got great arm talent. There's no question that he's got great understanding. Part of the problem is with the Arizona Cardinals, when you look at what they're doing with the spread offense, you know, everybody, everybody talks, oh, everybody's going to spread, and that's all anybody's going to do anymore, and, you know, this, that, and the other. One of the things that happens to you is when you're defending that and you're always working against your defense in practice, you don't develop great run fits because you're always in shotgun. And now all of a sudden you get to these preseason games where people are under center and they're running, you know, a, a base true style NFL. I mean, the Cardinals were awful defending the run this entire preseason. Um, terrible gap fits, terrible just got pushed around um, because all they're really doing in practice is defending the short pass. So I think there's a lot of that that's going to be remain to be seen and, and the complementary nature of football. I don't think it's a very good football team right now. So, you know, that's, that's going to take its toll on uh, Kyler Murray. But there's no question that the kid has great arm talent and the kid, you know, understands the game. There's no question about that. What about the Lions? Last year, Matt Patricia was coming in. You know, he's the latest Belichick coaching tree genius to, to go out on his own. Matt Stafford did not have a good year. Uh, the Lions kind of fell apart. What should and are reasonable expectations for the Lions this year? I think I think Matt Stafford's one of the most talented quarterbacks in football. I, I just really like I really think that he is he is really good and he has just been on a really, you know, average team. And I think a lot of it you look at the changes they made. You know, they came out and got Daryl Bevel, who Daryl Bevel's a guy that took a lot of grief. You know, people know him from that Seattle Super Bowl when he called that pass <laughs> and and uh um, made Butler a household name, you know, uh, as a as a rookie. So um, got the interception, and everybody's just, just handed it off, off to Marshawn Lynch. The thing about him is he's been able to take every quarterback that he's worked with and have success. And he has based himself, he's a former Wisconsin quarterback. He's based himself in kind of that traditional. How are we going to run the football? And I think he has a lot of respect in the NFL because he's been able to not just say, hey, this is my system, we're going to run it. Hey, this is my system, let's manipulate it to fit the players that I have. And one thing about Detroit, I mean, when Jim Bob Cooter, who's got the greatest name in all of football, he should be, he should be coaching in Tennessee, by the yeah, way. Yeah, there's no doubt. Like, that, that's a name that he should be coaching. 
I saw what happened to your balls, and I just want to yeah. apologize to it. But at least they're not my Vandals, who went to Penn State and lost seventy-nine to seven. Okay, but it was a close. Uh, it was a close fourth quarter. They only lost twenty-one to seven in the fourth quarter. So yeah. there's a, they, they made some progress there. Anyhow, but Jim Bob Cooter, one of the great names in football, Jim Bob Cooter never saw a third down and one that he didn't think he could convert with a throw. Um, like they had that mentality that they're going to try to throw it on every play. And I think from a balance standpoint, Patricia wants more balance. He wants to be a little bit more physical. He wants to take some of that pressure uh, off of his quarterback. I think they're going to be a better team. Unfortunately, you know, they play in a division that I think Minnesota is the class of that division right now. Chicago is a good football team. The Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers in, and you got Detroit. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, uh, you know, the, the AFC South where, you know, Andrew Luck retires and you got Jacksonville and, uh, and, you know, Indies, Indies, uh, has, you know, Bursette and, you know, and, and that division in Tennessee with, Mariota, who hasn't who hasn't yet you know figured out playing in the NFL is a little bit different than playing at Oregon. All right, so you played on the offensive line in the NFL for a long time. We have lately seen an awful lot of drama at the running back position. Le'Veon Bell sits out for an entire season. James Conner comes in. It appears that the entire Pittsburgh Steeler offensive line almost takes that personal that Le'Veon Bell doesn't come back and join the team, and they want James Conner to be successful, not only for James Conner, who I think they really like, but also to send a message that they are a big part of why the rushing attack works and and, and why it is successful. Are we seeing a little bit of a replication of that right now in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott? And given the fact that he has two years left on his contract, how do you think most guys in the Dallas locker room are responding and actually feeling, not what they're saying publicly, but on that offensive line, what do you think they're going through? I think most guys, I think most guys, like if you're a good dude, like, and they like you, yeah, I know he's had some suspension and stuff, but he's a great running back. I think most guys on that offensive line um, will be so very supportive, and they understand how flawed the system is. I mean, think about the last collective bargaining agreement, the players, the current players negotiated for guys who aren't in the league. And what they did was they just absolutely ramshackled the running back position um, because you know the shelf life of the running back is short. And to give them that fifth-year option, to not let them get to a second contract, is it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, again, you mentioned it. Two years left, they've got him under the control. They don't have to do anything with Ezekiel. They want to take care of him because he is that good. I get that. And, and I get where they are. I think the guys in the offensive line – will support him. They want him to get paid. They, they you know, I, I think genuinely they want that. I think one of the things that's been interesting and one of the reasons that not a lot of people talk about why the devaluation of the running back position, you know, you talk to any defense coordinator every week. I travel around the NFL and talk to defense coordinators, and they'll say, hey, the first, our first priority is stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. Right? That, that's what everybody says. And that's, you know, it's cliche, and it's been something that's been said for the last 50 years. we got to stop the run. But do you know how many? Do you know how many teams really like they'll they'll? I mean, they'll be so soft, and they'll have their linebackers play so soft, and they almost invite you to run the ball. The, the, the league almost invites you to run the ball because they're so they're so worried about giving up explosives. And I think today's today's NFL, I think 
maybe there's less opportunities to run the ball, but you're getting better looks to run it because they're so scared of the passing game, the short passing game, and all the things that are going on in the NFL right now. So I think that that's another reason that the NFL has lost or, or, or that position has lost some of its value in the NFL. What do you think ends up happening? Do you think he'll miss games? We're talking to Mark Schlereth. He's calling the uh, Detroit Lions against Arizona Cardinals game for Fox this weekend. Or do you think he'll eventually get in? And if he gets in, you've been through this situation. How much time does he actually need? It's it's now Monday morning in Dallas, right? So let's presume that he's in Cabo still. We don't know for sure. I don't know of exactly where he is. Let's presume he could get to Dallas within three hours, right? If they got this deal actually agreed to. He could theoretically probably be at the complex in Dallas by 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning on Monday. When's the drop dead date where you as a player would be like, hey, we got to know whether Zeke's going to play or not this week or as a coach? How do you think they're thinking? I think that I think that right now is is like you've got to be in for the game planning Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to some degree. Like you, you've got to, you know, have that that quarterback running back exchange. I mean, you've got to get some work in. So like if you get in, if you get in for him, you get in Monday, um, you know, and you miss game week one and you get in Monday, I, I think they could work you into the game plan. Now you're going to have to be on some type of pitch count in the game just because you haven't taken as many reps. And, you know, the, the thing about the thing about football in general, and you hear guys talk about it all the time, um, you hear people say, hey, man, you, you got to get in football shape. And the only way to get in football shape is, is you know, to play football. And then we eliminate all the playing football throughout the preseason because we're afraid of injuries. And um, I think it's one of those things that, that actually makes injuries more commonplace in today's game. I mean, think about the way we've done this last collective bargaining agreement. We basically said, hey, we want to eliminate contact. We want to eliminate all this practice. We want to eliminate all this stuff. And we locked ourselves as a players association. This is so stupid. We locked ourselves out of $50 million facilities, right? There, that'll teach them. And in those $50 million facilities, you got chiropractors, you got, you know, massage therapists, you got your trainers, you got your workout staff, your conditioning staff, you've got cryovac machines, you got hot tubs and everything else. And then you go to California, you spend a hundred grand, you know, from January to, to April working out and paying some guru to work you out. Like I, like is that is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard of? There's a fifty million dollar facility that's free, but I've locked myself out of it because you know what? I don't want to train over there and have the coaches see me. I it it, it's, it is like our players association. I don't know how I don't know if you could be any more stupid than our players association is at times. It it just is absolutely befuddling to me. It is kind of fascinating that you would want to be, I understand a little bit that you want to live in a different part of the country. And obviously uh, I spend a lot of time in LA as I know you do. And it feels like almost every NFL player is running those Sandy Hills in Manhattan beach during the off season. And I get that people want to live in LA or they want to live where they're from and have their own trainers, go back to the college campuses that they're, they're from. But it is kind of wild when you consider that they have every advantage you could possibly want as a human being trying to maximize your talent and ability in the NFL facilities, and you don't want to go there and use them. Yeah, and I get that part too, and and I get part of it is is the structure, how how the the league has changed. You know, when I walked in to the National Football League back in 1989, probably 80 percent of the guys were married, right, raising families. 
and that was their home base. Now, probably 80% of the guys are single, and they're living the life, you know? So there, there's been a change. Um, there, there's just been a change in, in And partly that's societal, not are, just the NFL, right? Guys get married yeah, later. Right. They have kids later. I mean, that's kind of the trajectory. I'm sure for your kids, they'll have kids probably later than you did, and, and certainly my kids, I would think, would have kids later than me. That's just kind of the way society has gone, but it certainly changes the dynamic in terms of playing for a team. Yeah, it, it does. You know, it's funny. When I came in the league in 1989, Joe Gibbs was our head coach, and Joe Gibbs used to say all the time, hey, man, listen, you guys can live anywhere you want in the country. Anywhere. It doesn't matter. In the offseason, you can go wherever you want. Uh, of course, if you want to make the team, you have to live here. <laughs> it's like It's not mandatory. It is yeah. not mandatory. It's just if you want to be on this team, because I want us to be together. I want us to have that connecti- the connectivity. I want us to be you know, to rely on one another. I want us to eat together. I want, like, that was Joe Gibbs. And, um, and that was just kind of his philosophical approach to playing. And, and I happen, I happen to uh, adhere to that, you know, to that philosophy. Good stuff, as always, Mark Schlereth. Good luck on that uh, Detroit Lion and Arizona Cardinal game. Be looking forward to hearing from you what you saw from Kyler Murray when we talk to you next week, my man. Sounds good, brother. Take care. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestine tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Ladies and gentlemen I'm just glad I was there Boys and girls I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken Dying time's here I had a bulging stricter stuck to my face And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome You can... Always tag us in Animal Thunderdome stories. Danny G, we get a lot of stuff yeah. sent to us from listeners out there. I'm at Clay, Clay Travis. You are at Danny G Radio. Fire away, my man. What you got for us? Yeah, if you send a story in, hashtag Animal Thunderdome. This one was sent to us quite a bit. A woman bled to death after she was attacked by a rooster. Oh, that what? is a tough way to go. She was collecting eggs on her rural South Australian property, a forensic expert says. An autopsy of the 76-year-old found that the bird pecked at her lower left leg, causing her to hemorrhage, collapse, and eventually die. Adelaide University forensics expert Professor Roger Byard's study of the case is published in the August edition of the International Journal Forensic Science, Medicine, and Pathology. I'm sure that's a fabulous read there. Byard, who co-authored this article, said that uh, two small lacerations were found, but the woman had a history, unfortunately, of medical issues, including hypertension, diabetes, and varicose veins. He says, this demonstrates that even relatively small domestic animals may be able to inflict lethal injuries in individuals if there are specific vascular vulnerabilities, the article reads. I mean, what a way to go. That's horrible. I that mean, is you, brutal. You don't think of a rooster being able to kill anybody. If I were a betting man, I would have definitely not expected that a rooster was going to get a human uh, human uh, murder on it. I mean, and, and the rooster, I mean, wow. You know, it's to be fair to the rooster here. I don't even think the rooster had to be stunned when this human fell, right? I mean, she was 76, but... Yeah, but you're pecking a leg. Yeah. You know, like sometimes these animals attack and like goal is clearly to kill. I can't imagine that the rooster is probably just like, hey, you know, you're in my space. And next thing you know, this woman's dead. Horrible. 
All right, let's go to, uh, you want to go to Kenya for the next story? I, I, it's always dangerous in Africa. When it Was this a hippo? Was this a crocodile? What do we got in <sighs> Kenya? Three lions on the oh. loose. This is Lamu West, where people there have been forced to stay indoors to avoid being attacked by these three lions that have been killing their livestock. Ten goats and two monkeys have been killed by these lions in the past couple of weeks. Schools were finally reopened this past Monday, but children still didn't show up. The parents are not sending their kids even to school. Uh, the islanders, who are mainly stonecutters, they can't even venture into the quarries because most of the mines are in lion-infested bushes there. All right, hold on a sec. I'm confused. So, so this is an island? It says villagers in Mandu Lamu West, according to the Kenya Wildlife Service. I, this is an island like they are they're living on and uh, there's lions and they're surrounded by water on this island in Kenya well here at the end of the article it says that this guy saw lions swim across the Indian Ocean from their habitat in Boney Dodori reserve during low tide he said rangers had been dispatched to the village to immobilize the lions and return them to the reserve well I mean that would be scary if you were on an island and you thought you were safe and you just saw three lions start to swim towards you, that's a tough break. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Man. All right, four people and two dogs have been injured after they were attacked by a coyote at an apartment block in South Carolina. The Richland County Sheriff's Department said that the wild animal attacked the victims and their pets at around 6.30 in the morning this past Sunday at the Crossroads Apartments. One female victim said she was taking her dogs for a morning walk when the coyote attacked them in the complex. Talking to the TV station there, the woman said that she was able to separate the dogs from the coyote before running back inside her apartment. The coyote attacked them again, pushing through the door into the apartment. Oh, wow. It has to be a rabid coyote, right? Yeah. Deputies later found that the wild coyote uh, was rabid. They put it down. They confirmed to the victims that it tested positive for rabies. The four victims took themselves to a nearby hospital with the two dogs treated at a local veterinarian for their injuries. I think getting treated for rabies is awful. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, because it's several different rounds. Oh, I mean, it's just shot after shot after shot to make sure that because, uh, uh, yeah, that's awful. So you, but when you hear a story like that, you're like, okay, this animal is you know out of its mind, literally. Yeah. You mentioned a rhino uh, a minute ago. A zookeeper at a safari park in Germany walked away with only minor bruises after a rhino attacked her car and flipped the vehicle three times. A witness at the Serengeti Park captured video as this rhino, a 30-year-old bull named Cusini, rammed this hatchback car with its horns. I saw this video. Crazy. And where is this? Germany? Yeah, this is Germany. So they just have their own like safari African safari park, park I guess, in uh, yeah. Germany, and the rhino just finally flipped out? They say they brought this rhino in for breeding purposes about 18 months ago, and it's still acclimating to its surroundings. Yeah, clearly acclimating <laughs> indeed. Uh, all right, that is the Animal Thunderdome. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. We bring in now Petros Papadakis. Petros, we're talking a little trash. This was almost this would have been two out of four that you missed. Everything okay? Yeah, football season's hard, and five a.m. is early. Yeah, I know. The but feeling. I'm sorry about that. I am up. I was a little overserved last night for my Memorial Day or whatever uh, Labor, Labor Day, Day party. Still yes. America. Yeah, and uh, but I'm here now. 
All right, so uh, we were just talking about SC, and I don't think we've talked to you about UCLA either, but let's start with SC. The next five games are absolutely brutal, brutally difficult, even no matter who the quarterback is. What's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I th- Clay, Clay Helton, this is the first time I've talked about this because I did a game on Friday night, and I've had the whole weekend off, but I told you, or I don't know if I told you, but this is what happens when you politically manipulate your depth chart at the quarterback position. Clay Helton put Jack Sears, who is their most qualified quarterback, guys. He is their most qualified player at that position. It's just not politically correct for him to be anywhere near the, the starter because the starter's been promised the job, clearly. There's some kind of investment in JT Daniels that did not exist with the other guys. So they put him at fourth string to keep him as far away from the starter as possible. They had him at third string last year, and that imploded on him. And the worst-case scenario happens. The starter gets hurt in the first game. He's out for the year. It's terrible for the kid. Nobody likes to see that. Turned his back on the contact and blew out his knee. And you, you alienated your best player at the position, and he's on the transfer portal. And now you have to start a true freshman because you you went around convincing everybody that this guy's so talented and one of the most special players that you've ever seen. Well, that wasn't the case when everybody saw Keaton Slovis come in the game. He looked like a guy that was crapping his pants. You know, like any true freshman would be that you have to go in in your first game and, and there's two upperclassmen that are somehow not on the top of the depth chart who we've both seen play and that are pretty good under pressure. At least we know they can take a snap. So... It was just more of the same with USC. All these culture changes and all the stuff you heard about at the end of the last season, none of them were real. None of it was significant. And they're the same very inconsistent team. So what's going to happen? They're going to struggle. And there's going to be all kinds of anger, and people are going to say Clay Hilton botched the quarterback competition because he did. And there's going to there's be hell to pay. Who makes decisions now? Because Lynn Swan is under siege over the Well, admissions. Lynn Swan makes them. You know, I mean, this is their problem. They they didn't want a head coach that would make decisions. They want to control their own program with people inside it who are hanging on to power. And it's not just Lynn Swan. It's a bunch of people's names that nobody knows unless you're really close to it. And they don't want to let go. And they would have had to let go if they hired Chris Peterson. They would have had to let go uh, if they hired Ed Ogeron. They were going to have to let go if they hire Urban Meyer. But we don't know what the status is of K.J. Costello, Stanford starter. I promise you he's better. Whoever's going second is better than USC's got. So that's on Saturday night. Uh, then USC's taken on Utah, who's healthy and great. Uh, they got uh, BYU uh, before that it, at BYU, which is a very physical team under Kalani Sataki. And then they have to take on Washington, who looked pretty darn good in their opener against an FCS school. So, I, you know, to me, this is the bed they've made, and it does not surprise me at all. I mean, Clay, they got flagged after all the offseason talking about discipline and honor and accountability and all that stupid lip service you hear from a football team when the season's not going. And they got a penalty on the first play of the game for having two number sevens yeah. in the game. That's inexcusable to me. But that's USC. That's been, look, last year they took a selfie as a defense because they were playing well at the end of the, the third quarter, and the following play they got flagged for too many men on the field. 
that that's exactly who they are under Clay Helton. And anybody who says anything different hadn't been watching games. So it's here's really what sad. I was saying with the Lynn Swan decision. If you are going to give him the opportunity to go hire somebody new. They won't. And Lynn Swan isn't even – Lynn Swan works for a guy named Wayne Hughes, who basically pays his salary, who's a huge donor – but he's very much behind the scenes. He's the guy that used to own public storage. He's the guy that got the building named after Al Cowlings. There's a dorm named after Al Cowlings at USC because he's friends with a super rich guy, not named OJ. Wayne Hughes is the guy, is really the athletic director at USC because he basically pays Swan's salary, and that's why Swan was hired. So if you want to know what's going to happen to Lynn Swan, you should get Wayne Hughes on. Who do you think Wayne Hughes wants to hire? Do you think he wants to hire Urban Meyer? No. I think if they wanted to hire Urban Meyer, they would have hired Chris Peterson. You know, so if, they, what's if the, they wanted to that's, hire that's a powerful the question. man. What are they going to do? Let's presume that Clay Helton I think they have not- to do. I think they have to clean house, blood transfusion, the university has a new president, and hire all new administrative people and restructure the thing. But that's what I, I've been saying that for eight years. I mean, that's nothing new. I mean, now it's just like... All the boils have come up to the skin, and everybody can see it now. But this is what they've needed to do for, for, for decades. There's just people at USC who shouldn't be there anymore. Other universities have turnover. USC does not. All right, let's presume that SC does decide that Clay Helton's got to go, and let's say they're making a lot of wholesale changes. If they go to Urban Meyer, hat in hand, and say, we want you to be our guy, do they? will Urban Meyer do it? In your yeah. mind. Does he look happy to be on TV? I don't know that Urban Meyer's ever looked happy to do anything. Well, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I, I thought he did a great job. I watched a lot of the work that he did on our network and, and listened to him before our game, and I thought he did a great job. I, I think he's authoritative, and you're really interested to hear what he says on on air because he's doing it in the moment. You know that this is a guy who's had success in modern college football. So I think he'd take it, yeah, but I don't know I don't know who was going to be at USC to offer it. Yeah, right, and that's the challenge. All right, let's pivot off of SC for a minute and pivot into UCLA. How surprised were you by the ineptitude that UCLA showed on offense Thursday night against Cincinnati? Not too much. I mean, uh, I didn't expect that game to go well. Uh, I thought they'd play better than they did, but I know Cincinnati's really good, and I don't think the first game makes or breaks a football team. There's a lot of chatter about it, but I think if you come out of it relatively healthy, that it's not the end of the world. But Cincinnati's an 11-game winner last year. I I do think that a bigger point needs to be made. Like JT Daniels, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Tate Martell, you know, these are all number one quarterback recruits in the country, right? And I think we can say they're all pretty darn overrated. Yeah. And they all come from these private schools that surround them with skill, and they're way overhyped, and they just aren't the number one player in the country. It's complete BS and hype. JT Daniels doesn't pass the eyeball test. DTR plays like he's a child out there. He looks like it's flag football running around for his life. And Tate Martell can't win a job anywhere. He plays wide receiver at, at Miami. So don't tell me these guys. Don't pee in my face and tell me it's raining. Don't tell me these guys are the best players in the country coming out of high school. They're not. Now, on Friday night, I saw what was supposed to be the best quarterback 
at the highest level in Texas, the Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, Sanders, the kid at Oklahoma State. Yeah. And they kept it really secret. They barely said who was going to start. And when he took the field, he looked like the freaking best player in Texas. You know, he yeah. looked like a freshman who the previous year was the number one player in the best state for football at the highest level. He, he looked every bit of the part. And it's just not the case with these other guys. I mean, we really have to start tempering quarterback hype. I mean, I recruited Carson Palmer out of high school at USC and played with him for three years. That guy was worth the hype. When he walked into a room, you knew that that was the best quarterback in the country. He passed the eyeball test. These guys today, it's a hype machine. And, and a lot of it is BS. And, and we put these kids in a terrible position. And, or their parents put them in a position, or the recruiters or the quarterback coaches do. Yeah, it, it's, and I think that's a problem. You see it more and more. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. By the way, you were really good. I watched that uh, Oregon State and uh, Oklahoma State. You had a hell of a game to call. Oh, you're nice to say that. Thank you. We had what a new crew, so we, we had to bang it out. What do you have this week? Oh, uh, oh a big matchup with Iowa and Rutgers. In Iowa City. Come on now. There you go. Rutgers 1-0 uh, with two exciting running backs, Blackshear and Pacheco. Uh, appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, this this drama of USC is certainly not going away anytime soon. You agree with me, by the way, that it's crazy that Stanford is a three-point underdog in this game, right? Well, we don't know about their quarterback situation. Yeah, and but we know USC USC's quarterback talented. situation is not good. USC is very talented. Good stuff as always. Petros Papadakis. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 